Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. To boost or not to boost? That is the question. The Biden administration reportedly wants to roll out vaccine booster shots for the COVID-19 vaccine in the coming days. But the White House is facing resistance from its own FDA and some recent studies that call the necessity of these boosters into question. So is it time for a third jab? Honestly, I don't know. Despite what they tell you, neither do they. Friends, it's time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. So they have all the answers. You got to know that right now. They're 100% sure. It's the science. It's based on, as Fauci would say, the data. In fact, Fauci is science. You remember he has said that. Any attacks on him, it's just an attack on science because they have the answers. They know. And that's why right now when they're telling you it's time to get booster shots, you know they have this solid. They're 100%, right? Just keep that thought in your mind for a second. Hold on a second. The NIH director, Francis Collins, has come out to say that the Israeli data, because, you know, Israel's data for COVID vaccinations and illness afterwards and everything else, better, more granular, more reliable than ours in this country. Isn't that interesting? I know it's a smaller country, a lot smaller, but still. Israel's data shows we need booster shots here. Here's the NIH director. I will tell you, I was one of the biggest skeptics uh, of the docs in the White House about boosters. And I've become convinced, particularly looking at the Israeli data, uh, Chris, and a lot of that will get presented on Friday, including by some Israeli scientists, because Israel's about three months ahead of us. They got most of their population immunized in April, and they could start to see what happens. And what they could see is the people who got immunized back in January, by the time you got to July, their protection would really have started to drop off. And not just against any infection, but even against severe infection. And that's the signal you want to watch for to say, ooh, might be time to do something like a booster. I think that's the most compelling data. Wait a second. Hold on. Even severe infection? It drops off? So in three months from now, because they keep telling us right now, you'll know because they say it every day, oh, it protects you from hospitalization and death. It definitely doesn't protect you from getting and spreading, but it protects you from hospitalization and death. That was the NIH director saying, actually, the Israeli data shows you that it's just a matter of months before it won't really do that very well either. Does that seem like the vaccine is working as promised, is working very well, gives you durable protection? Um, somebody want to answer this one? Oh, that's right. Joe Biden. 
IQ probably in the mid-80s. Here he is. That's when he was running for president, by the way. First time around. Here he is saying the vaccine requirements work. Play it. The vaccine requirements work. Uh, and more companies are instituting them. Even at Fox News, they require it. And uh, I'm not being facetious when I say that. I'm, but it's interesting that they've stepped forward and done that as well. Yeah, there's a problem with that. Fox News does not mandate vaccines for its employees, so the president is wrong. I don't think he was maliciously wrong on that one, but I just think it's important that if he's going to be out there making the case, then it should be based on factual information. But we just saw the NIH director say we need vaccine boosters because the Israeli data, which is three months ahead of ours in terms of their timeline of vaccination, shows that you lose protection, right? So that's pretty straightforward. Got to get that booster shot, folks. That's what they're telling you. But are they? New York Times headline, U.S. booster policy is in flux as studies add to dissent. A week before President Biden's plan is to roll out, scientists are at odds about whether extra coronavirus shots are needed and for whom. Huh. Wait a second. I thought the data was clear. I thought that our Fauciite overlords had the answers. Now we're being told there's dissent. There are some scientists, some doctors who disagree with others. Almost sounds like there's a debate happening here. From that New York Times article, a series of dueling reviews this week illustrated the fierce argument among scientists about whether boosters are needed and if so, for whom. A study released on Wednesday in the New England Journal of Medicine appears to bolster the case made by the White House and its senior health advisors, stating that those who received a third shot of the Pfizer vaccine in Israel were far less likely to develop severe COVID than those who received two injections. Huh. So if you get the third shot, you're far less likely to develop severe COVID. But doesn't that also then indicate that there must be a substantial population of people who have had two shots, fully vaccinated at that point in time, who have gotten severe COVID? Isn't it clear that there must be some kind of a problem here? Yes also in the New York Times. In The Lancet this week, an article written by two of the Food and Drug Administration's top vaccine scientists, among others, argued there was no credible evidence that the vaccine's potency against severe disease declined substantially over time. Hmm. So which is it? I'm confused. The vaccine does or does not decline over time? We got a problem here, folks. We have the scientific community here saying we're certain we know get that third shot, but we don't have them saying that they know because some of them disagree with each other. So which is it? Are we going to figure it out? No, we're probably just going to be told, get that booster shot because any effort, any mitigation strategy has always been the way that we uh, default, right? That we, we, if we went in doubt, mask up, double mask, triple mask, social distance, all this stuff. That has been the approach of the Fauciites all along. Meanwhile, if you head over to uh, MSNBC, you have, and CNN, you have tremendous stupidity on the television screens, courtesy of various hosts. Uh, Here is, instead of engaging, notice how we just laid out here, boosters, should they boost, should they not boost? Completely valid question. You have some major scientific organizations and world-renowned scientists saying, yeah, you should get the booster. You have others saying, no, you shouldn't. So who do we listen to? Oh, no, let's just listen to MSNBC and Joy Reid, who thinks that Republicans like COVID. All right, good evening, everyone. Begin the readout tonight with a message to Republicans. Okay, we get it. 
COVID is the precious and you love it. You love COVID so much you want it to spread in the schools, at the office, in the Walmart, on the cruise ships and at the club. That gray spongy ball with the red spikes, you want it pumping through your veins with an ivermectin chaser. Why do you love it so dang on much? Well, we have absolutely no bloody idea. But here's the thing, you weirdos. Everyone else, everyone else hates COVID. Yeah, who's the weirdo? Republicans like COVID, want people to get sick, want people to die. How could someone say something so stupid on TV and maintain their audience and their job? I just, I wonder at some point. Oh, well, here's Don Lemon, who's saying, no, but we should also go out there, and we being the you know, Americans who watch too much CNN, uh, and, and should shame people who don't have the vaccine. I think we have to stop coddling people when it comes to this and the vaccine, saying, oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. The people who aided and abetted Trump are stupid because they believed his big lie. The people who are not getting vaccines, who are believing the lies on the Internet instead of science, it's time to start shaming them. What else? Or leave them behind. Because they are keeping the majority of Americans behind. You didn't feel that way about the polio vaccine. You don't feel that way about measles, mumps, rubella when it comes to your children. And all of a sudden this vaccine is different. What's different about it? Measles is a thousand times, literally a thousand times more dangerous as mortality figures uh, are looked at a thousand times than COVID for children. But Don Lemon is really, really not smart. Um, Also, what about people that have natural immunity? Are they bad people for not wanting to get a vaccine they don't need? Even Fauci admits natural immunity. Yeah, it's probably a real thing that we should take into consideration, but they don't. No, just shame people. You know, the shame is how many morons get platforms and get paid millions of dollars to say stupid stuff on TV. All right, more on this with the host of the Counterculture uh, Show on the Epic Times, Danielle D'Souza-Gill. But I want to tell you about my digital money. Crypto is all over the place. People have made huge gains, as you know. There's a lot of stuff happening. Bitcoin, Ethereum, lots of digital tokens out there. That's where my digital money comes in, though, because how do you get started with all this? You've never done it before. Well, you use my digital money, and you've got a self-trading crypto IRA platform with amazing customer service. They'll actually answer your phone call, help you get started with this. Your comfort and security is their top priority. So they've got really cool features. They've got tremendous military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities or limit losses, a play money account so you can test the market without risking actual cash. Look, the crypto market's heating up. Get involved right now. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back and speak to you honestly. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with more Danielle D'Souza Gill. Blame them and shame them. It seems the left has abandoned all efforts to convince people to receive the COVID-19 vaccine and have now turned to coercion and outright mockery. Meanwhile, if you have questions about or dissent from mainstream uh, orthodoxy, you're liable to get silenced. Hip-hop artist Nicki Minaj found that out the hard way. Take a listen. That you can't speak. You can't speak for the fear of the mob attacking you. If that doesn't give you chills up and down your fucking spine, this is scary. You should be able to ask questions about anything you're putting inside your body. Indeed. 
Joining me now, the host of Counterculture on the uh, Epoch Times, Danielle D'Souza-Gill. Uh, Danielle, great to see you. Great to see you, Buck. So, what do you make of the fact that now there are videos all over the place of people being chased around either because they don't have vaccine passports or they don't have a mask on in some store? Uh, it seems that the mask maniac Fauciite libs have not learned any lessons. They haven't, and they really think that this is the way to accomplish their goals. They actually believe that by forcing someone to do something, as opposed to convincing them that it's a better method. But of course, we know this isn't the case. It's like convincing someone to be healthy or go on a diet. Is it better to stick a hamster in a hamster wheel and whip them and say, run, and as if that's going to make them want to do it? No. So if they really do believe in the vaccine and they want people to do it so badly, then they should be able to convince people to do it, and people would be rushing themselves to go get it if it were so effective. Meanwhile, instead of the Biden administration spending time trying to reach out to people, we know we saw that speech recently where he had a real shift in tone where instead of, hey, we're going to make it easy for you to get the vaccine, here's the data, we really want you to get the vaccine, especially if you're at high risk, it was, our patience has run out with you, now we're going to force you, do it or else. He's also going after GOP governors who don't agree with him. Watch this. But we're facing a lot of pushback, especially from some of the Republican governors. The governors of Florida and Texas are doing everything they can to undermine the life-saving requirements that I proposed. In the midst of a pandemic that has already taken over 660,000 lives, I proposed requirement for COVID vaccines, and the governor of that state calls it, quote, a tyrannical-type move, a tyrannical-type move. This is the worst kind of politics because it's putting the lives of citizens of their states, especially children at risk. And I refuse to give into it. So if it's if it's not a problem, why did Joe Biden himself six months ago say, I'm not going to mandate vaccines? That's not the way to go. Feels kind of weird. He's confused. He wants to be moderate Joe Biden, but at the same time, really pander to the left. And he's told that, oh, this is the, 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 this is the issue you have to focus on. This is what's killing everyone. And so he has to side with them. He has to side with his party that is basically becoming the party of tyranny, the party that's saying, we don't care about your decision. We don't care about you doing your own research on this. We literally have no sympathy for you. If you're someone who dies, that's how far this has gone for them. That's how radical they've become on this issue to the point where they're literally demonizing people who literally just have a different opinion on this issue. Nicki Minaj, who's not a, it's not a name I've heard a lot recently until this most, uh, most recent news story came out about her tweet. I'm sure you saw this. She talked about a friend of hers who has a friend who had a swollen area, sensitive area, and couldn't have children. This got all this attention. And interestingly enough, she says she's been kicked off of Twitter. She's gotten a lot of heat from people. But I also think she's gotten a White House invitation. So it's, it's fascinating to see how if you are a white male, you know, MAGA hat wearing Trump supporter, you are quite literally in the uh, Biden administration's eyes, the enemy of public health. But if you're a famous hip hop star who has 22 million Twitter followers, you, st you can still be brought, you know, brought to the side of, of the light, so to speak. I, I think there's a, bit of a, there's, there's a bit of a lesson there. 
Yeah, of course. The left isn't used to this. They're not used to celebrities, especially, you know, famous ones kind of who are who are black, let's say in this example, going against their narrative. They're not used to that. They're used to celebrities saying, we're just going to toe the line and promote everything the Democrats say. So when she's questioning this, they're probably thinking, oh, how can we bring her back in line? How can we entice her to come back to our side when she's really just thinking for herself and asking questions? Here is a voice that has been willing to uh, break with the leftist orthodoxy on some things. And it's not the first time, but on COVID in particular, on cancel culture too. Bill Maher over on HBO is willing to say things that gets him in trouble with the progressives. He was on Jimmy Kimmel's show last night, and he made this point. I wanted to have you react to it. Play it. I have to cite a, a survey that was in the New York Times, which is a liberal paper, so they weren't looking for this answer. But... They were talking about, uh, this. the question was, what do you think the chances are that you would have to go to the hospital if you got COVID? Mm -hmm. And Democrats thought that was way higher than Republicans. 41% of Democrats, and the answer is between 1 and 5%. Okay. 41% of Democrats thought it was over 50%. Another 28% thought it was 20 to 49%. So 70% of Democrats thought it was way, way, way higher than it really was. Liberal media has to take a little responsibility for that, for scaring the shit out of people. <laughs> and the reason why I'm bringing this up is uh -huh. because it's much harder for every touring act to sell tickets in blue states. Oh, interesting. They're afraid to go out of the house. They are afraid to go out of the house, and they're ignorant. They don't know the numbers, but they think they believe the science in these blue states, these Democrats that he's referring to. That's an astonishing number. I mean, over 70% thought that it was way higher than it actually is, that they're going to go to the hospital. Something's up here, Danielle. Absolutely. And you know that things have gotten crazy when Bill Maher, a bleeding heart liberal, is the one who's questioning this. He's the one who's saying, hey, guys, this has really gotten out of control. Let's actually go back to the facts of the situation as opposed to literally fear mongering. The left always says the right is the fear mongering party, when in fact, we're not at all. The left is the one that's really been pushing this with COVID. And maybe it's time for more liberals like Bill Maher to start speaking out against this before it really gets even more out of control. Danielle, appreciate you joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. The border surge continues as Customs and Border Protection announced that migrant encounters apprehensions exceeded 200,000 for the second month in a row. We'll take a look at the latest numbers with the executive director of the Center for Immigration Studies, Mark Krikorian, when we come back. But right now, let's talk about your morning cup of coffee. If you're like me, you got to start your day off with some caffeine to get you rolling. That means black rifle coffee. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. They develop their coffee with the same mission focus that they learned while serving our great nation. With every purchase you make, Black Rifle Coffee gives back. In 2020, they donated over 6 million cups of coffee to veteran law enforcement and first responder causes. Their high-quality coffee beans are imported all the way from Colombia and Brazil. They carefully roast them at facilities in Tennessee and Utah. They even have a signature roast called Lava Panther, that's directly sourced from a small farm in Guatemala. Although the temperatures are cooling off, don't forget to keep enjoying the great outdoors fueled by Black Rifle Coffee. The best way to do that? Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club. When you join, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door. You'll also get special discounts on roasts and gain access to exclusive products and much more. Purchase at blackriflecoffee.com buck and use code buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order.
We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. As vaccine mandates in Afghanistan chaos control recent news waves, we cannot forget about the pressing crisis at our southern border. The migrant surge last month nearly broke July's record high numbers. New data showing border agents encountered more than 208,000 migrants in August. These are apprehensions. The second month in a row where crossings have topped 200,000. That is a 317% increase from August last year. These numbers are pretty staggering, folks, and yet there's very little coverage of it by the mainstream media. What a shock, right? Uh, As if we didn't know what's going on here. Executive Director of the Center for Immigration Studies, Mark Krikorian, has been following Biden's border crisis. He joins us now with the latest, with insights, with what's really happening. Mark, good to see you. But uh, the news for those of us who believe in the rule of law at the border, not so good. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, as, it's as bad as it was last month. And I'm afraid it's going to be as bad as it's going to be next month. The uh, arrest numbers were actually down a couple of percent but it's not really a meaningful difference from the uh, previous month, from July. And in fact, the number of family units, so-called, in other words, adults bringing children with them, actually went up pretty significantly. And when you break down the numbers, there's actually a website online, you can do this, 30% of all of the people the Border Patrol arrested in August were not from Mexico, or from the three northern countries of Central America. They were from all over the place. Some of them from elsewhere in Latin America, some of them from Europe, from Asia. Uh, This is just gonna sort of gain momentum and get worse and worse. And a lot of them were Haitian. There's that you showed uh, just now a picture of these thousands of Haitians massed under a bridge on the US side in Texas, in Del Rio, Texas. have somebody down there visiting that and uh, talking to law enforcement. Well, and, why is there um, such a surge of, of Haitians right now, Mark? What's going on? The uh, 
the activist groups would have you believe it's because of the problems in Haiti. There was just another earthquake there. And the country, in fact, is in bad shape. These people are not from Haiti. These people have lived for years in Chile or in Brazil. Uh, one of our guys interviewed a lot of Haitians. Not a single one of them came straight from Haiti. They were established in South America. They had jobs. Their kids were going to school. But Biden's offers, invitation to come north, uh, led them to uh, figure, well, let's trade up. Trade up from Brazil to the United States or from Chile to the United States. It's a rational thought on their part, but these are not people fleeing earthquakes and hurricanes. Now we have the DHS Secretary Mayorkas last month saying the following, I wanted to have you react to it, because they claim, Mark, that they have a plan. Yeah. We are encountering an unprecedented number of migrants in between the ports of entry at our southern border. We have seen my, surges in migration before. We've seen them in the past, and migration uh, surges are not new. Migrants encountered at our border are expelled or are placed in immigration enforcement proceedings. We have a plan. We are executing a, our plan. And that takes time. Okay, let's just let's break this down for a second, Mark. What is the plan that they have? And assuming that is the plan, I mean, this is what they're saying the plan is, what are they actually doing to execute on it? First of all, I hope it's a better plan than evacuating Kabul. Um, you know, these mm. guys don't seem to be all that competent. But, you know, the question, when you talk about a plan, the question is, what is the problem that the plan they have is supposed to address. And the way what this administration considers to be the problem at the border is not uncontrolled massive numbers of people crossing beyond the numerical limits that Congress has set. What they see as the problem is that people aren't being processed comfortably enough and quickly enough into the United States. That's the problem that they see. And so solving that problem means moving people faster into the United States to you know, join up with their families. Because th this in August, these numbers we talked about, the majority of the people, about 53%, if I did the numbers right, were released into the United States, were not turned back under this, what's called a Title 42 health, uh, public health rule, where because of the pandemic, people can be just turned around and sent back. And under Trump, they did it for almost everybody. Biden said, well, you know, we're gonna make these exceptions and those exceptions. And so they've made so many exceptions, the exception has now swallowed the rule. And the majority of illegal immigrants uh, detained by the Border Patrol last month were let go into the United States. They're never gonna be leaving. I, I can pretty much guarantee you that. Last week, Peter Ducey asked White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki on this issue of Title 42, the health emergency, and how it is being used or not used at the border, and what the policies are. I mean, we're always being told about changes in what we can do here as Americans. Can we go to restaurants? We need vax passports. We need testing requirements, all this stuff. Ducey asked Psaki in the White House, and here's how that went. Why is it that you're trying to require anybody with a job or anybody who goes to school to get the COVID-19 vaccine, but you are not requiring that of migrants that continue walking across the southern border into the country? 
Well, look, our objective is to get as many people vaccinated across the country as humanly possible. But it's a requirement for people at a business with more than 100 people. It is not a requirement for migrants at the southern border. Why? That's correct. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay, so she's being snarky there and, you know, the libs love it, but w- why? I mean, what are they testing everybody who comes to the border or not? I mean, are they quarantining people or not? What's happening? Yeah, well, uh, what they seem to be doing is relying on the local activist groups to do testing. And then if somebody tests positive for COVID, they kind of, they put them up in a motel and they say, please stay here. There's no quarantine. There are already reports of people just, you know, leaving and going to the Whataburger or whatever uh, and sneezing all over people. So no, there is no, um, the, the COVID rules that apply to the rest of us don't seem to apply to illegal immigrants. And I got to say, I think the best thing for illegals and for us would be every apprehended illegal immigrant is required to be vaccinated. And frankly, it does them a favor. It does their home countries a favor if, if and when we ever send them back. And, you know, um, yeah, wh- wh- they, why aren't we? I mean, why aren't we doing that? Uh, ask Pasaki. I have no idea. Maybe it would be, you know, I don't know. I, it's a good question. Interesting. Well, they, so it, they will force people, they're, they're basically forcing vaccinations upon Americans, but if you come here illegally, eh, you don't want to get vaxxed, that's okay. It basically, this is another example of this idea of illegal immigrants being a kind of protected class or a special group of people that obviously don't have a lot of rights that Americans have, but in other cases, they they do have some rights that Americans don't have. I mean, they are a sort of special population in the view of the left, and I think this is one more way they express that. Mark, we'll talk to you again probably about a month when we see the numbers again, and I'm sure they're going to be awful from the perspective of rule of law, but open borders folks will love it. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. The left continues to circle the wagons around General Mark Milley after former acting Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller denied signing off on a phone call between Milley and his Chinese counterpart earlier this year. We come back, we'll talk to former senior advisor to Trump and Bush administrations, Christian Whiten, about the revelations. Right now, I want to tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. Cryptocurrencies, hot, Bitcoin, Ethereum, so many of these digital tokens out there, but it's not easy to get started. Where do you begin? That's where my digital money comes in. This is an easy to use platform where you can get into crypto, okay? It's one of the few US-based crypto companies that'll answer your phone call and make sure that they help you get started. They offer tremendous security for your coins, trigger orders so you can make sure you lock in those gains or limit those losses, and a play money account so you can try things without actually risking your cash. The crypto market's heating up. This is a great time to get started. If you wanna do this right now, go for it. When it comes to your money, you need a team of dedicated professionals who have your back and speak to you honestly. That's My Digital Money. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Former United States Acting Secretary of Defense Christopher Miller is denying a report that the October and January phone calls made by General Mark Milley to his Chinese counterparts were authorized by then-Defense Secretary Mark Esper or himself. Taken from the New York Post, Miller went on to say, the pursuit of partisan politics and individual self-interest are a violation of the officer's sacred duty and have no place in the United States military. A lesser-ranking officer accused of such behavior would immediately be relieved of duty pending a thorough and independent investigation. So will General Milley be held accountable, or will he earn a pass because he's just another puppet for the Democrats? Joining me now is Christian Whiten, former senior advisor to the Trump and Bush administrations and editor of Super Macro on Substack. Good to see you, Christian. Great to be here, Buck. Thanks. So, Millie, the whole situation, what do you see with all of this? I mean, was he way out of line? Was he sort of out of line? You tell me. It was pretty out of line. And, but, you know, just for people who are supposed to, at the end of the day, at least be adults, uh, this man just did something that was profoundly stupid. There is no way on God's green earth that Donald Trump is going to attack China. Uh, he was elected to end wars, and that is pretty much what he did. He creamed ISIS in order to get us out of that situation and, you know, uh, oversaw drawdowns in uh, the broader Middle East and, and certainly wanted not war with China. He wanted a deal with China, a trade deal. He actually got one. So the idea that Milley had to call and do this, it just it just shows what, uh, you know, this person, not in the military chain of command, but supposed to be the president's chief military aide, chief advisor, uh, was really completely clueless. And, you know, we've seen this now play out where there is a total lack of accountability, uh, as you alluded to in the intro, you know, someone who is a captain in the Navy who has a collision with another ship, even if it's not entirely his fault, you know, career over, lucky to get out of it without a court-martial. And yet our flag officers or generals and admirals, we just don't seem to hold them to account. Here's uh, Ted Lieu, member of Congress, claiming that Milley did the right thing. Watch. What General Milley was referring to was a rogue nuclear launch. That would be a legal order. And military members do not carry out illegal orders. General Milley absolutely did the right thing by trying to prevent anybody from carrying out an illegal order. Now, at the same time, the fate of the entire world shouldn't depend on one general. Hmm. And that's why I've introduced legislation for years with Senator Markey that would require congressional authorization before the president of the United States can initiate an unprovoked nuclear first strike. <laughs> A rogue nuclear strike. I mean, they're talking about this like they sound intelligent when they put this forward. To me, I'm like, are, are, is everyone involved in defending this and talking about it just completely out of their minds? Or do they just not know anything? What, 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 what would you say to Congressman Lou? 
Uh, yeah, I'm hesitant to engage him on the merits. It's such a stupid argument. And again, the idea that Donald Trump would initiate an unprovoked nuclear attack for why? Because he's upset, uh, completely outlandish. And incidentally, the American people entrusted Donald Trump as commander in chief with the authority to defend us, not a committee of Congress. You know, Alexander Hamilton wrote in the Federalist Papers that military is unique in that it uh, success is distinguished by, I believe he used the term, the, the guiding of one hand. You cannot have a commander in chief that sort of is run by Congress. That's a great way to lose a nuclear war. It's a great way to lose a war in our freedom. Um, it's just it's it's just so beyond the pale for what is necessary. Uh, you know, one thing about Donald Trump though is he's the one who chose Mark Milley for this position. It's sort of a a long string of extremely disappointing people he chose, both on the civilian and military side of the Pentagon. One other thing to add, you know, uh, we haven't seen any accountability for Lloyd Austin, who's the Secretary of Defense for the fiasco in Afghanistan or for, for Milley. Um, you know, Austin himself was a retired general. I think this raises questions. If we want retired generals to be in positions that are supposed to be held by civilians at the top of the Defense Department, uh, Defense Department spokesman is also retired admiral, made it all the way to admiral without ever commanding a ship just in, uh, in public relations. And uh, so it's not a big surprise that these people are all standing up for their, their fellow four-star buddy. Joe Scarborough says whatever he has to to get paid the most by MSNBC. So, I mean, not a man of particular principle, but uh, he's defending Millie. He actually says that the calls for accountability come from a snowflake sensibility. Here it is. These people are accusing him of treason for calling up the Chinese and saying, hey, everything's fine. This is democracy. It's messy. Don't take advantage of us. You don't want to try to take advantage of us at this moment. If you do. Mm-hmm. You'll feel sorry. And you're not going to have the excuse to say, oh, they were about to attack us because I'm here to tell you we're not going to attack you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want a general. That's what America wants their generals to do. There's their little snowflakes that melted when General Milley went to the Hill and actually said he read a book <laughs> on critical race. Thinking, yeah. And they just melted. Yeah, I mean, whatever. we can just ignore the snowflake critical race theory part of it. But in terms of accountability, mm -hmm. we should get General Milley on the record, right? Isn't that something that anybody who really cared about our so-called sacred democracy, as the Dems call it, uh, wouldn't that be worthwhile? I think so. I mean, Congress uh, really, at the end of the day, it only does a couple of things. It appropriates money. It passes law sometimes, not often. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, much vaunted um, so oversight of the executive branch, they let them talk about their responsibility to do it, say, okay, maybe we should do it. Uh, maybe we should have a debate about what kind of military we want, since it's clear we suck at counterinsurgency and just lost in Afghanistan. I think that was more White House initiated, certainly not the fault of our individual troops, which uh, you know dutifully carried out the orders given to them. Uh, and same with this, with Millie, like, well, you know, what were you thinking? And is it the role of the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff again? It's not even the, it would be still wrong, but if you had the commander of U.S. Pacific Command, who was, you know, uh, trying to create an open channel, at least have communications with his counterpart in the Chinese military, I could maybe understand it a little more. This is a guy, uh, post-Goldwater-Nichols, a reform of the Pentagon in the 1980s, 86, who was outside of the military chain of command, whose sole job is to advise the president on military affairs and was undermining, undermining the, the man he's, he's supposed to staff. I mean, yeah, I would like an explanation. And you know, maybe instead of preening about uh, God knows what or spending another $3.5 plus trillion that we don't have, then Congress might just ask this guy what he was thinking.
You know, there are some who are trying to talk about and really formulate on his behalf a Biden doctrine. Nancy Pelosi's out there telling everybody Biden is really good on the whole foreign policy thing. Let me just say about our president, President Biden. President Biden is, it's so, we're so fortunate that he did not win for president before when he ran because we needed him now. He's perfect <laughs> for now. He knows his foreign policy. He was chair of the foreign policy committee. I mean, it's just we're living in like some, some delusional upside down world, I guess. But that's where Nancy Pelosi is most comfortable. It, you know, the progressive uh, boomers, we started off with Bill Clinton, hope and change. And it was, you know, a young, impressive guy. He played the saxophone, uh, took over from those evil gray Republicans. Uh, you know, and so that was the front end of the progressive boomers in charge. And here we're seeing them on their way out. Uh, it is just it's just so bad. You know, George Orwell said <laughs> The political speech often was not meant to clarify, but to deceive. And they've really taken it to this this amazing new level that no one ever imagined. Um, and uh, it's just it's just it's ludicrous. And if you look anywhere in the world and this, you know, we can't have to remember what happened in Afghanistan didn't happen in a vacuum. The Taliban saw U.S. diplomats sitting on their hands when Chinese diplomats were giving us. I mean, the Chinese of all people giving us a lecture on racism. They saw President Biden threaten retaliation against Putin uh, repeatedly for cyber attacks that emanated from Russia and then to do nothing. I mean, it's basically Biden's version of Obama's red line where he said he was going to do something and didn't. Uh, and just weakness across the board. They basically revived the Palestinian cause. I'm not sure why it was in American interest to do that. Uh, and so, you know, the Taliban, I think, <laughs> and others around the world. Yeah. Uh, if you're Xi Jinping or Vladimir Putin, now is the time to make your move, unfortunately. They weren't, they weren't scared of Grandpa Joe across the chessboard. That's for sure. Christian, hey. always insightful, sir. Good to see you. Thank you, Buck. One New Yorker slams a restaurant owner over the vaccine mandate, compares it to segregation. We'll play this fire exchange coming up in quick hits. But first, how much equity do you have in your home? 50,000, 100,000, more? Cybercrime experts are alerting homeowners the more equity you have, the greater the chance foreign and domestic criminals will come after you. Home title theft is one of the fastest growing crimes out there. In fact, Home Title Lock, America's leader in home title protection, is alerting homeowners they could already be a victim and not know it. Here's how it goes down. First, cyber thieves search hundreds of public databases for high equity homes. Then they pull your home's online title, forge your signature stating you sold your home and take out loans using your equity. You're not covered by insurance, your bank or common identity theft programs. Protect your most valuable asset. Register your address now to see if you're already a victim and receive a complete title history of your home, a $100 value free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Quick hits coming up next. Stay with us. Nancy Pelosi calls the GOP a cult that is bad for America. And Virginia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe gets in a tense argument after a sheriff calls him out for supporting a defund the police organization. Quick hits time, everybody. Let's start with this one. This one went super viral today. Let me just say that I'm here in New York City, and sure enough, you go into restaurants, and they do demand to see your vaccine papers. Many places will line up your vaccine paperwork with your ID. They take this stuff very seriously. They think that this needs to be done. It's insane. It's wrong. But this is where we are, right? This is the situation in which we find ourselves. Because not enough Americans are speaking out. Not enough people are saying, this is madness. We're not going to go along with this anymore. Well, here is a New Yorker 
who slams a restaurant owner over the vaccine mandate. And it's so interesting. Watch this. We'll talk more about it. So you're refusing to serve us? Are you refusing to serve us? So you, so you're going to enforce segregation? Every, everybody in here is okay with that. Everybody's in here okay with 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 setting up setting segregation in society. Everybody's okay with that. Oh, we don't have our vaccine card, so now the kids can't eat. We can't eat. You guys are okay with that? This is the America you want to live in. Is this the America you want to live in? No. You, you see, you're not American. That's why you need to get the f out of here if you're not American. All right, get the f out of here. Okay, this is America, and in America, everybody can eat. Couldn't agree with him more. Couldn't agree with him more. You know, the worst person in the video is actually it's not even the restaurant owner because while he should and could turn a blind eye to the Vax passport situation here, you could argue, oh well, he's risking you know his business and the jobs of people if he gets fined. All right. But the, the little turd who's sitting across from this guy who extends his middle finger at, at the father here who's with his wife and child, African-American father with his wife and child, there's this, uh, this little white kid who sticks his middle finger up at him. That's why we have the mandates. That's why we have all the terrible stuff we do because of little low testosterone cowards who think that things are going to get better if they just keep gripping that mask tighter and tighter across their face. More vac shots, more vac shots, more absurd. Nancy Pelosi's absurd. That's not new. You've known that for a long time. And uh, she said something dumb today, so we're going to make fun of her. Here you go. I say to my Republican friends, and I do have some, (laughs) take back your party. You're the grand old party of America. You've done wonderful things for our country. You have now been hijacked by a cult uh, that is, is just not good for our country. Take back your party. Do not let it be dominated by those who want to suppress the vote because they have no positive message to win. They want to suppress the vote, and that's how they would win. I mean, it's remarkable that this too-old-for-the-job, power-mad, limousine liberal Nancy Pelosi continues to have the authority and the sway that she does in American society. I mean... Her, her, you can just tell her, her, her knotty knuckled fingers just gripping onto power, never wants to let it go. The woman's almost 80 years old. You know, maybe time to spend some time with the grandkids, Nancy. You know what I'm saying? Enough is enough, but you know, fair enough. I mean, Biden's 78, 79, so Democrats love this now. These boomers and even some silent generation never want to not be in power. It's never enough for these boomer Democrats. I'm telling you, they just love it. Terry McAuliffe a jerk. This is what happened when a Virginia sheriff confronted him over ending qualified immunity. July 20th, you accepted an endorsement from the new Virginia majority. They are a large defund the police organization who want to abolish prisons and ICE. You said that you were proud to accept their endorsement. Well, first of all, sheriff, I'm proud to accept any endorsements. I get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. I can't Groups that endorse me, I don't know everything they do. Have I ever supported defund the police? Are you out of your mind? I've invested in law enforcement. I just went through 25 minutes of telling you what I do for the police. Not defunded, I funded them. So you'll never support defunding? I, I won't even dignify that with an answer. 
If my track record of four years as governor, not enough for you to understand how I feel, I'm all for it. And I will not dignify that with an answer. Unbelievable. I don't believe an answer to either one of those questions. But well, I don't care what you believe. I got a track record. And I'm proud of that track record. Yeah, you see the little coward there, Terry McAuliffe, doesn't want to actually say that he would never support defund because that won't play well with the activist left-wing base. So he's just... That's what Terry McAuliffe said. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News that Bill O'Reilly's next. Shields high. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.